You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. I'd like us to take our text this morning from Luke chapter 19 and we'll read verse 28 to 40. Verse 28 to 40. When he has said this, he went up. He went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olive, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a cold tide, on which no one has ever sat. Lose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you losing it? First you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were losing the cold, the owners of it said to them, why are you losing the cold? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the cold. And they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if they should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Now, now, like us for a moment, just before we're going to just bow our heads and ask the Lord, let no man take my place, not even a stone. Let no stone take my place. Let no stone, let nothing take my place. We've been learning purpose. Lord, the reason for which you have called me, the reason for which you made me, let nobody, let no person, let no institution, let no stone, let no animal, let nothing take my place. Lord, I receive help in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Praise the Lord. We've been learning purpose and um, it's been an insightful and, you know, blessed two weeks that we've had. And I trust that each and every one of us is pressing further or being encouraged if we are already new, or being strengthened, or being revived in the place of our calling in the name of Jesus. And, you know, part of the things that stuck out to me as we meditated on, you know, the purpose and all of that, the scriptures we looked at, in Jeremiah 1, 5, you know, 4 and 5, where we looked at also, there's something small there that I just want to point out before we move on. And it is something very small. You know, it says, before I formed you, I knew you. Praise the Lord. And all the while, I mean, that scripture was, you know, interesting and particular for me because I've owned it. But I didn't know, I mean, it didn't dawn on me that he said, before I formed you. You know, it's, it's easy to say before you were formed. I knew, which means I peeped in. Or just I knew. But it says, before I formed thee. And he began to say to me that there is a thought. I thought of you, and then I decided to make you. So it's not just knowledge of your characteristics. It's not just knowledge of the journey I want you to go. I intended it. Praise the Lord. I thought, he said, I, that's the word I just want to pick. I formed you, and before I did that, I thought it. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is enough for me to just be blessing the Lord. 
Because not just that he's informed, he's not just aware, he's not just omniscient, you know, knowing that I, I have this characteristic. He thought it out before he made it. I am intentionally made. Praise the Lord. Bespoke, you know, not just bespoke. He dreamt me off. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's what, you know, and when we see that, we can be strengthened no matter what we're experiencing. Praise the Lord. Because as we also saw when we looked at, you know, the Psalm account, and the psalmist began to say, you saw me and, you know, you fashioned the days that were portioned for me ever before I leave any one of them. It tells me that whether it has been good or bad, whether it's been difficult or easy, God is not unaware. God is not uninformed. The creator is not looking and saying, this is running out of control. Praise the Lord. And even as a nation, we can be strengthened and encouraged. Praise the Lord. That no matter what is going on in our country, God, our maker, is what? Is in the know. Praise the Lord. This is his world. Let's remind ourselves. This world, he made it. In the beginning, your father. In the beginning, my father. In the beginning, our father, our God, created what? The heavens and the earth. And Nigeria is inclusive. Can we put our hands together? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And like we said on Wednesday, for those of us who were here, everything that is happening now, none of the persons or parties are the I am. Which means they will come to pass. Only your God is I am. Hallelujah. He says, I am that I am. It means he is here now. And when all the things that are troubling Nigeria have come and expired, what will happen? He will still be what? Here now. Praise the Lord. You see, I came into Abuja in the days of Abacha. How many of us came there? Okay. Most of us came with the politicians as SAs and PAs and, you know, came with jobs and all of that. We came in when they were driving people away. Now, in those days, there was this emblem that people put on their kaftans and these long kaftans they wore. And, you know, my wife is so loving, she made one for me. But I refused to wear it because that kaftan was like a passcode in the ministries. It was Abacha kaftan. How many of us were in Abuja then? You know that kaftan? And if you wear that kaftan and put on that label, it meant that you were in the party, Abacha party. I refused to wear it. I refused to wear that label because we were standing again. Today now, if I wore that kaftan and wore that label, will you open any door for me? You know why? That one has come to what? Pass. Soon and very soon, the things that are troubling us, what? Will also come to what? Pass. But Jesus Christ, the Lord, of the increase of his kingdom, what will happen? There shall never, never be an end. That's the God we serve. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we come into our text this morning. And at the background of it, I just want to make this clear. That there are so many things to comfort us in the scriptures. And taking from the last two weeks as well. Job chapter 42 verse 1 and 2 in particular. It says, Job speaking concerning God and the revelation he got of God. He said this. He said, I know... That you can what? Do everything. Praise the Lord. I know that my God can what? Do everything. You know the Bible says this is eternal life. That what? That you know God. That you know the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Now the knowledge of God will determine the quality of your living. We can't say that more than enough here. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you live by faith. And faith is what? The knowledge and the understanding and perception of God. So Job says to us here, or is making a declaration, he says, I know that God, what, can do everything. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. He goes on and says, and that no, what, purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Now, the part of that that I want to take from is the part B of the part two there. Which message gives us better? No purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Can you give us the message? He says, nothing. And no one can do what? Can upset your plans. Praise the Lord. Nothing and no one can upset God's plan for your life. Nothing and no one can upset the plan God has determined will be carried out. Praise the Lord. It's very comforting. Very, very comforting. But also a bit frightening is some scripture that I also saw. 
which I want us to know as we go into this text, because that's what this text is about. Is in First Samuel 15. You don't have. We won't read the whole of it, but 22 to 26. We looked at a bit of it on on Wednesday, where Samuel was speaking to Saul, and Saul had done some things which you know from the things we're learning here. Purpose is not success. You can succeed in what God didn't send you to do. So Saul had gone on an escapade and defeated the Amalekites and brought back you know the fatted calves. And brought back the king alive. So he was successful. That was a successful military expedition. Isn't it? But it was not what God sent him to do. So he came like many of us. And brought offerings and sacrifices. And telling the Lord I'm a big man. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. And that is the danger when we set objects. And some things as target for the Christian. Where every time we gather as children of God. We make marriage, children, house, car, job. All of that our target. They are not our target. Our goal is him. Praise the Lord somebody. Our goal is him. And our goal is proximity to him. The closer we are to him, the more successful we are. That's why he said to Joshua, you will have good success. He didn't say to Joshua, you will have success. He said you will have what? Good success. The good success is the one that when you have it, you're by his side. Praise the Lord somebody. So in this uh, 1 Samuel 15, 26, Samuel said to, to Saul, he said, this is what is happening here now. He said, because you have rejected, 26 please. 1526. He said, because you have rejected, someone said to Saul, I will not return to with you, for you have what? Rejected the word of the Lord. And because of that, what has happened? He said, the Lord has what? Rejected you from being king over Israel. What does rejection mean? Rejection means I change my mind over this issue. Are you getting it? I change my mind over this issue. The next chapter 16 verse 1, let's look at it as well. We find Samuel here, unable to move on. And God says to Samuel, now verse 1, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have what? Rejected him from reigning over Israel. God chose Saul and God rejected him. You will never be rejected in the name of Jesus. We will not be rejected. So God's purpose must be accomplished. But no man can hold God to ransom. No people can hold God to ransom. Praise the Lord. So as we follow in this um, our text this morning, to just be faithful to the calendar, because this marks the beginning of the week of the Passion. We want to glean a few things here, and then when we come to the end, we're going to pray and trust that we will be, you know, further planted in the center of God's will for our lives in Jesus' name. So he said, he said, verse 28, we're now back to Luke, Luke 19. Verse 28 says, when he had said this, when Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. What, what was it Jesus said that they were giving us the background before this journey was made? What Jesus said was captured from verse 11 to 27 of that account. And what he said was there, he told them the parable of the talents. Praise the Lord. It was the parable of the talents. And in this parable, our Lord Jesus was telling them that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is going to a far country and calls his servants and gives them different, you know, talents and then goes and comes back. And each of them begin to come to say what? From what you have given me, this is what I've been able to do with you. Still the same purpose thing. Still the same purpose thing. Still the same thing. It's saying in essence that in this kingdom, nobody is left valueless. Nobody is left without an assignment. Our brother Max praying for us yesterday at the Joyful Prayer Meeting was saying that it's not just enough to come. There's a responsibility that has been given to you. It's not just enough to be a member of the Father's Church. We love you. We, we are glad you came. We are glad you're sitting down here. But God did not ask you to come here just to sit down. There is a responsibility. There is an assignment God has given to you to carry out. And in time, he's going to come and ask you, what did you do? Praise the Lord, somebody. That's what that parable is about. So our Lord Jesus here... Gave them the parable, and when he finished, 
he told them, okay, now let me go and do my own. Because with this journey, Jesus began to enter into the perfect fulfillment of his mission. Every other thing he did before now was not really necessary. Do you know that? It wasn't. Every other thing he did before now. The miracles he did, they weren't necessary. They weren't were necessary. He did them as signs. You know, he did them by his compassion. Many times the Bible says Jesus seen the you know, people will be moved with compassion. But the purpose for which he came, this is him entering it. And he told us that parable. Why? So that as we leave, we will know that a time is going to come that the person who gave us this talent, and what are the talents he gave these people? When told what his talents was. But last Sunday, I think it was the Sunday that Mom Chipri, we said that some of us, our talent is uh, our height. Some of us, our talent is that we are very short. Some of us, our talent is that we are very tall. Some of us, our talent is that we are very educated. Some of us, our talent is that we have a lot of money. Some of us, our talent is that we are very beautiful and attractive. Some of us, you know, we, we are given different talents. Some of us, our talent is our positioning. Just like we saw of Esther. Esther was the only one who could stop that decree from being carried out. Even though it was at the risk of her life. And because it was at the risk of her life, she had to know and understand her life must be expendable in pursuit of purpose. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we, we have been given different responsibilities, planted in different areas. And God will come and ask you, what did you do with what I gave you. I pray that we will be wise and faithful stewards of the grace of God in the name of Jesus Christ. So that was what he told them before he began this journey. Now we see in this journey, verse 29, it says, It came to pass as he drew near that he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a cold tide on which no one has ever sat. Lose it and bring it here. Okay. And if anyone asks you why you're losing it, thoughts you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of you. Now, you see, we, we started by saying our God can do anything and everything. Another thing I want you to pick from this story is this. It says you will go into the village opposite you. I want us to appreciate the omniscience of God. One of the things that makes it difficult for Christians to obey God is that we think God is not aware of our consequences or the consequences of our obedience as we are aware. God, how can you tell me to do this? Don't you know if I do this? Can you imagine you informing God? Praise the Lord. How can you send me to that place? Ah, do you know that man? How can you ask me to do that? How can you ask me? We've had testimonies of people who, because they feared God and honored God, even though the doctor said to them, never fast, they fasted even though they had a condition called ulcer. And you know what? They got healed. Praise the Lord. We have them here. But the natural reaction will be what? I'm to be what? Exempt from fasting. Why? Because the doctor said, God knows every situation he's omniscient he said to them go into the village opposite you you will see a cold tide and not just that he said that cold you're going to see no man has ever sat on it now i was talking about omniscience now i tell you about omni omni okay omniscience and omnipresence that means from the moment he spoke to them he also restrained it that nobody will between that journey we don't know how long the journey took but god knew and made sure he restrained and no man even at that moment sat on it i want you to appreciate the grandeur the majesty the awesomeness of the god yourself he is in control of seasons of times of situations of every event in life he said that quote no man so as i'm speaking to you no man has sat on it and even when you go until you arrive, what? No man will sit on it. That is power. Praise the Lord. That is power. Only God can speak like that. Praise the Lord. And do you know what? He's already speaking like that. He says, say it to the righteous, what? It is well with you. He knows everything. And he's saying, because I'm your God, what? It is well with you. That's what he's saying. You can tell him, you know, this. And he's saying, I am God. I'm only, I run this world. So he sent them and they went. You know, for these disciples, I mean, these disciples must have gone through some real school of training. 
Because imagine here now, I'm your pastor, and I send you, you know, praise the Lord. And I say, please go to a central area. You're going to see um, um, Range Rover. Okay, or G-Wagon. G-Wagon is raining now. You're going to see a brand new Range Rover or G-Wagon. Ask them for the key. Tell them, Pastor, I cannot send you. And no man has ever sat on it. They told it from the wharf here. Will you go? You change the topic, Pastor. You started cracking jokes again. You know? But these disciples had so worked with Jesus to know that the one who says to you, no idle words, you're going to give account of the idle words that come out of your mouth, cannot speak idle words. Do you understand? He can't speak idle words. Jesus can't joke with you. He said to them, go, you're going to find it. Untie it. Then look at what he said to them. He preempted them because they, already in their hearts they were saying, okay, 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 Jesus, this thing you're sending us. If they start beating us, are you going to come and save us? He said, when they ask you, why are you? That is, are you a thief only? Oh no, isn't that what is going to happen? If you see somebody trying to open the door of your car, he didn't buy. Okay? So he said to them, once that starts happening, tell them that the master has need of it. Now look at this. I want you to picture this scenario. My donkey that I bought, tear rubber, nobody has touched it. Eh? Waiting for someone to come. Then you're telling me the owner, the master, has need of it. I'm the master. Now, can, can we have that particular verse in message? You're going to see what, what is there. Message puts it this way. It said his master. His master. It says, if anyone says anything, ask, what are you doing? Say to the person, what? His master needs him. <laughs> Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so he, he's saying to them, tell whoever, as many as they are there, tell them that the master of what they own, he's still talking about purpose. So your gift, God owns it. The Apostle Paul teaching us says, what do you have, sir, that you did not receive? You know, sometimes we have to take ourselves on memory lane. We're talking about memory lane here on Wednesday. You shouldn't miss Wednesday service. Anyway, memory lane is what helps you remember where you were before you got to where you are now. Some of us here now, if we're to dig back now and see your pictures before, you know, God had mercy on you. Praise the Lord. You didn't have six pack. You had comma pack. Your stomach entered and came out from here. Hunger. These cheeks were inside. And the mercy of God started coming and touching you and touching you. And now you're a big man. So whenever they talk to you and tell you something, you say, me? You You don't talk to me like that. There is somebody who made you who you are. Is somebody getting what There's somebody who took you from where you were and brought you to where you are. They told those people, his master, that is your master, his master, our master, everything master has need of it. And that was the end of the discussion. Praise the Lord. And they released the code. And I said to the Lord, Lord, please help me to know that what I have, you are the master. Because you see, that's what creates the confusion. It is like children. How many of us have raised teenagers here? You know, you're, you're raising children and sometimes the way they answer you is as if they taught you how to drive. I know they might be helping us to, you know, why do some things on our phones. Abby? <laughs> Pastor Lord, they're helping you, Abby. <laughs> but uh, in as much as you're helping me do things on my phone, I helped you to know how to use spoon. Which one is more shameful? Huh? Uh, daddy, you don't know. I mean, mom, you guys don't you, you don't get these things. You didn't get how to, you didn't get how to use the toilet. I taught you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so we grow and we come to God and we think uh, all this and that. No, the Lord help us to know that all that we are, all that we will ever be, is of Him and in Him. Praise the Lord. And wisdom is that we continue to acknowledge Him as Master. And we we'll see as the story progresses now. Do you know that the moment this cult was delivered to his master, that is Jesus. You know the first thing that happened? Do you know the first thing that happened? The class changed. Though. They said they put clothes on him. The cult had never worn clothes. When a man surrenders to Jesus, 
his life gets better. Honor comes upon him. The reason people are living without honor is that they're not living in line with their master. Do you know, there's beauty when you fit into the right place. There's beauty when you locate where you should be. Praise the Lord. There's beauty when you're where you should be planted. That is, that, that is the beauty of God's creation. So the moment this, this, this code was delivered to Jesus, the first thing you see there is before Jesus sat on it, they put clothes on it. He had never had clothes on it. And to make it even more interesting, as that coat bore Jesus on its back, on his back, you know the next thing that happened? The coat stopped walking on the ground. They now put clothes under. You see, the Bible says, the path of the justice world is as the shining light. What does it do? It takes you from glory. No man dedicates his life to Jesus and looks back with regret. It's not possible. If it's this Jesus... You see, when human beings use us, they leave us worse off. Because they take the best of us. But when God uses us, he beautifies us. He revives us. He makes us. He makes us look good. He makes us look better. Why? He's our maker. Everything about the cold chain, the same thing, child of God. If you dedicate your marriage, dedicate your life, dedicate your business, dedicate your career, dedicate whatever it is that you have to Jesus, he has a way of what? Beautifying it. You can't regret. And as I'm talking this, just note, take my words. I'm not saying he will give you more of what you're imagining. Because the blessings of the Lord, what do they They make rich and they add no sorrow. He will give you his blessing. Blessed are they that appoint spirit for this is what they can. He will give you a satisfaction that is beyond what this world can give you. It may come in money. Amen. It may come in wife. Amen. It may come in husband. It may come in all of that. But beyond that, he will bless you. Praise the Lord, somebody. He will bless you. And that blessedness is what we find with this code. So th- this code's uh, position or situation was transformed. And he carried Jesus and began to go. Now, the story got interesting as the code was about getting into Jerusalem. The Bible says, verse 37, that as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice. And praise God with a loud voice. And what were they praising God for? Read the Bible for me. What were they praising God for? They were praising God for what? All the mighty works they had seen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They were blessing God. There was exuberance. There was excitement. They were shouting wonderful things, wonderful things, wonderful things. Now, you know many of us who have been Christians for a long time, you must have heard this said before. That the same people that praise Jesus, shouting Hosanna on Sunday, by the weekend we are saying what? Crucify him. They showed us the, uh, the reason here. In, if you read here, let's read it again. Everybody want to go, let's read. Then as, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole world, let me hear you, the whole of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. If I'm praising you for all the mighty works, the day I don't see it, why should I praise you? This is why when he was now being beaten, they were expecting him to Jackie Chan them, eh, to Bruce Lee them, to what's the other one's name? Uh, Jet Lee them, uh, Jack Bauer them. I mean, Jack, Jack Bauer, there's Jack Bauer. He, they were expecting him to do something. They arrested him. They were saying, it's now that he's going to just do something all of them were for. He didn't do. They slapped him. He's, they've even slapped him. It's now that he's going to draw blood. He didn't draw blood. They pulled his head. He said, finally now. After some time, they said, crucify him. Brethren, that is the danger when we don't catch a revelation. That's why the Bible says, sing ye praises with what? Understanding. There's nothing wrong with thanking God for the works we have seen. But understand that in this world we have adversaries. Praise the Lord. That is why we are called to live by what? Faith. 
He said the just shall live by faith, not by sight. Praising God for what we are seeing is a level of sight. And nobody, no Christian is guaranteed that sight will always be praiseworthy. But if you stay in the realm of faith, then you can't like Habakkuk say, even though the fig tree does not blossom, even though the vine fails to bear fruit, even though the stores are empty, yet I shall what? Bless the Lord. I shall glory. I shall be rejoicing in it. Unless you come to that level, the enemy will play tricks on you. And that is what happened. They are loud praise. And, and, and to make matters, you know, even more tricky. If you look at the next verse, they were saying the right words. But this one had already told us. This one had told us that their praise was based on sight. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that your praise will not be based on sight. Because how many things really can you see? We have the account of um, Joseph's father, Jacob. You know, when they brought Jacob's coat stained with blood, remember what happened there? He wailed. This was his favorite son. This was the son of his love. He wailed. Why? Because this was Joseph's coat stained with blood and he was seeing it. Some people tell me, Pastor, I saw it. Pastor, it is bad. No, you have seen it. It is bad. But what does the word of God say? Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Elijah said to the servant, I hear the word, sound of an abundance of rain. What was the servant saying? Nothing. The child of faith must live by what he is what? Hearing. You must tune your ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Why? Because that is where your safety is. If you walk by what you see, you will die before your time. It was the mercy of God that kept Jacob from dying out of heartbreak. Because the Joseph he was weeping about was the same Joseph that will be the restorer of the entire family. But if he walked by sight, he would think it was all over. So we see here, these people, they were told that these people praise for what they see. But look at the next line, next verse there. They were saying, he is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. What they were saying here was not dependent on events. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What they were saying, they were speaking accurately, but they were acting based on what they were saying. And does that describe many Christians? You know, if they check your theology, there's nobody here who has said, is there anything God cannot do? In fact, there's one thing that's been trending on social media. What God cannot do does not exist. Abby, how many people are living by it? That's the issue. That's why the psalmist cried and prayed. Let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, let what I say go into my heart. Because out of my heart, what flows the issue? Let it influence my decision. So when I say God said, be sure that you find me standing in what I say God said. So they were speaking the right things. If they were praising the Lord because he is the king that has come in the name of the Lord. Then no matter the circumstance, they would never, they would cease. But because they had taken it to evidence-based relationship. And I want to beg you. Married woman or single woman, married man, whatever. Don't do relationships based on what you see. Do relationships based on conviction. Are you hearing me? Because circumstances change. You know, some of these things are so based that sometimes talking about it is like, you know, just wasting words. But who told you that the young man whom is, you know, approaching you for your hand in marriage now, who doesn't have money and car? Who told you that he will not be big sometime in the future? And who also is telling that the one who is big now? We've seen some people drive one big car as young men and were very popular. And all the young ladies wanted them. After he got one young lady, that was the best car. That was the biggest he would like. Do you understand? You, you can't, Christians cannot walk by sight. Don't choose friends based on sight. Don't choose friends based on cloud. No, don't do that to a Christian. Choose based on revelation. Can you imagine the friendship between Jonathan and David? Jonathan was what? In the palace. David was where? With the sheep. But see, it was as though Jonathan was doing David a favor. Later, at the end, who did each other a favor? It was David that did Jonathan. If Jonathan had said, David, oh no, I would have liked you, but you know, you're not a king's kid. You're not even the noble son. You're too low for me. He would have been the one to suffer. 
So as believers, we have to be sensitive. Anyway, so this was what they were saying, but it wasn't. I pray that we live what we are saying. It will make things easier. It will give us a stability. It will give us a place, a position where we are not easily moved in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's move on 39 and see what begins to happen. As this praise went on now, the Pharisees observing what was happening, they said, Jesus, you should do what? Rebuke your disciples. And the question, <laughs> when I saw it, I said, Lord, what's their business? Praise the Lord. Have you thought about it? What is their business? His disciples are praising him. You're not his disciples. And you're not praising him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is somebody connecting with me? Have you thought about They say, Jesus, what? Master, rebuke your disciples. What is your business? You're not praising me. Leave those who are praising me now. Isn't it so like that, even amongst us believers? Where you are cold, somebody's on fire, you say, don't mind him. What's your business? What is your business? Do you understand? Say, look at that, she has come again. Next thing, she'll start shouting. Next thing, she'll start jumping. Next thing, he'll start... You're not shouting, you're not jumping. Allow those who are... Lord, have mercy. You see, but but you see, one of the things we learn is that the the devil is shameless, Do you understand? The devil has no shame. It's reasonable people that have shame. The devil is not reasonable. He's wicked, he's shrewd and all. But, I mean, what is your business? I love the Lord. Why are you trying to call me? Why are you calling me to cancel me? Say, brother, we've noticed that. I think you should take this. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? People can just, you know, be busybody. So I think you're taking this, your relationship with Christ too much. What is your business? That is it. What is your business? And if you're cold, nobody's going to come and tell you, I think you're becoming cold in this, your relationship with Christ. Nobody does that. You know why? The devil won't send anybody to do that. Anyway, so this man came and said, Master, Master, rebuke your disciples. Their noise is too much. They are disturbing us. And look at the answer the Master gave. Let's read it, everybody. Let's read it together. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, that if this should what? Keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. I want you to come with me and see something. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. Zechariah 9 verse 9. It says, it's a prophecy concerning that day. (laughs) What does it say? It says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey. A cold, the fall of a donkey. Now, listen to what is happening here and I'm close. Prophecy had gone forth that on the day our Lord Jesus will ride into Jerusalem. This is what is going to happen. There will be shouts. There will be rejoicing. There will be exuberance. There will be noise. Now, that prophecy, like we saw when Job told us in Job 42, no purpose of God word can be... That prophecy has been etched into creation. That day comes, if I don't praise he will get this one to pray. If this one doesn't pray, he'll get this one. If he looks all around and he finds nobody, the stones will praise. Why? Because it is written. I've come to tell somebody who came to church this morning. What is written cannot be aborted. What is written cannot be cancelled. You don't need to have might. They said, Elijah, you received double portion of Elijah's anointing. He died. His bones were buried. It was remaining one miracle. When a dead man was thrown in, what was written had to be activated. And it came to pass that dead bones raised a dead life. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It is written, rejoicing, shouts and praise shall welcome you to Jerusalem. On that day, those who were praising were not doing God a favor. They were just filling in purpose. If they missed it, stones would have said, it's our turn, it's our turn. There's somebody who came to church today and the Lord is saying to you, you must be careful. Listen, there are persons that are lined up. There are David's. We saw so that so was doing all he was doing. Nobody was his height. Nobody was his stature in the whole of Israel. And if, he, if somebody whispered to him, 
God has an alternative to you. He would have looked around and said, this short man. Nobody tall like me here. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But you see, God had an alternative. I, I tell you an experience I've had, you know, which makes me know this is true. Did you know online, online, uh, Jumeirah, well, what are the online shops in Nigeria? Jumeirah, which other one? Konga and the rest of them. They are jokers. Do you know when God gave me online shopping? When God gave me online shopping, I don't think Blackberry was even out. And I was telling my people, telling them, let's do this. Start this. Because I was, I mean, that's not my purpose. It may, maybe I may have backslidden. But I was telling them. And I was sharing it and sharing it. Nobody did it. Do you know packs that you're seeing in Abuja? When God, I sat down, God gave me packs, design of packs. There was no single pack. I was telling people. Now, when I, when I drive and see them, I say, God, you must really do what you want to do. The truth is this. Brothers and sisters, God has alternatives. What he wants to do, he will what? He will accomplish. If you don't fall in line, and the way he does it is that he does it in a way that you look at those who are doing it. And it makes you know that you should have done it. Because if those who are doing it, you see, if he said, if they don't praise me, the angels will praise me. But angels are stronger than us now Angels are more spiritual than us now But when he says If you don't do it A stone will pray It will make every slothful person Jump up from his seat And say I will not let any rock Cry out in my place Come on let's get up on our feet And give the Lord our praise And offer him our dedication And say to the Lord I am available Do what? Use me My resources My time My gifting all that you have made me lord i surrender why because the prophecy will still be fulfilled the lord said to me everything that is written in my word he says as i live the knowledge of the glory of the lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea and i will use men to do it too if i'm not available he will find somebody to do it you know it's so easy when god has given you talent and when god has blessed you to after a while to begin to feel indispensable and to begin to feel so so in control that you want to constrain what god is doing but i ask you remember that no one can upset his plan if it is written it will happen the only option there is who will the lord use that's why when isaiah heard like we led on sunday when isaiah heard whom shall i send who will go for me he said lord enlist me you know when i said i was enlisted was offering himself for that job he wasn't qualified they had to get him ready so surrendering to the lord is not about looking at yourself and saying i'm able it's just saying lord i know you will do something and that's what we're talking about nigeria god will gain glory in this nation the streets of nigeria shall yet burst out with celebrations but who will god use to do it do you understand the church will regain jesus will be exalted in his church forget about what men are doing with jesus's bride now the bridegroom will take his place in his church who is he going to you the poor will still say i have seen it people are saying who will show us any good people will still also say i know a brother who is a believer i know a, a sister who is a christian yes they say in these days there are no serious christians but i know one genuine one do you know that god is relying on you to be that one this day i want you to lift up your heart to jehovah and say to him the things that are written concerning me i say amen nobody will sing my praise nobody will take my position nothing will replace me you are worthy of my dedication you are worthy of my devotion you are worthy of my worship you are big you are big you are awesome you are wonderful you are great you want to do something you are doing something lord put me in the number i surrender to what you're doing in this place in time oh lord i yield myself to you i yield myself to you i want you to make that prayer lord the things that are written the things that are recorded i will not let anybody no nobody no situation no circumstance i want you to pray and if there is something that you're feeling lord this is restraining me 
this is an opportunity for the anointing to break the yoke you know when the bible says the anointing breaks the yoke that anointing is the commissioning of god when god wants to use you nothing can hinder you when you're enlisted in the divine agenda nothing can hinder you if it is resources all of a sudden doors will open institutions will begin to call you men will begin to favor you you become skilled unusual you have wisdom unusual when daniel and his friends surrendered to the lord he gave them understanding and wisdom beyond the wise men of egypt it was their surrendering that provided the anointing today god is about to lift somebody up he's about to change your understanding he's about to bring you to the knowledge of the things that only the gods knew they said of daniel the thing you know is with the gods today god is going to speak he says the secret of the lord belongs to those who fear him to those who have surrendered to his agenda say to the lord lord i'm available lord i surrender not ten thousand are we ready to this song ten thousand yes please lead us okay thank you thank you okay in a moment we'll, we'll, i'll be done the lord said to tell us to tell me and us he said don't joke with prophecy don't joke with what is written you know we, we, we can we can so easily being human beings we are gifted with the power to ignore we are gifted with the power to you know just shove important things aside but the lord said remind your brethren that what is written will surely come to pass it will every word of god he said not a jordanary teacher and he said when you go to the book of revelation read for them this revelation 21 quickly I, i'll try not to preach from it he said now i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no mercy so this earth will pass away you might be looking and you're imagining how can you know you can understand for now nigeria passing away but how can dubai pass away he said this earth will pass away it will pass away and they said then i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned for, for her husband and i heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and there shall be his people god himself will be with them and be their god verse 4 says and god will wipe away every tear from their eyes there shall be no more death brethren i thank god for that nor sorrow nor crying say there shall be no more pain for the former things have what passed away the things that are aching us now soon it won't be there anymore it won't be there that's what it is he said this will pass then he who sat on the throne said behold i make all things what new and he said to me right for these words are true and faithful and he said to me it is done what is done here the, what is done here is the sacrifice of jesus which we are celebrating this easter it is done it says i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end i will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts he who overcomes shall inherit all things and i'll be his god and he shall be my son are you in that number can we bow our heads today's thanksgiving we are ready to dance we have come prepared to jump but don't come in here and see all of this and don't take note of this he said he who overcomes shall inherit all things i'll be his god and he shall be my son. he went on and said but the cowardly the unbelieving the abominable the murderers the sexually immoral the sorcerers the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death there is a second death you don't have to experience it if you experience the second death today i want to make a quick call 
you're here in church today and you're not sure about your position concerning this end which will definitely happen you know i, I just marvel at the, the faith with which people are taking the covid19 vaccine i'm not saying you shouldn't take it there's nothing wrong with it but i wish people were responding to the news of the second coming of jesus that way so i want to pray with you anybody here pastor i just need to reestablish my position in him i want jesus to come and take his place afresh in my life i want my sins forgiven i know there is a day of reckoning i know that day is coming it's called the end that end may be today maybe tomorrow it may be 50 years time i want to pray with anybody here quickly before we go on with the service so i make sure you got the opportunity and you seized it jesus come into my life take my life over save me jesus wash my sins away with your blood are you saying that so i can pray with you just raise your hand father we thank you father we thank you we give you praise oh lord and so father we want to thank you for a day like this we want to bless you for the love that you have loved us that you don't take us by surprise you said to us if you were not so i would have told you everything you tell us is true and you have told us you go to prepare a place for us thank you lord today we come rejoicing we thank you for the works the miracles that you have done in our lives we thank you for the blessings that you have blessed us with you have healed us oh lord you have saved us from accidents oh lord you have provided for us you have given us safe deliveries oh lord you have indeed blessed us with things that we can see but this morning as a church we lift up our eyes and we'll bless you because you are the king of kings we'll bless you because you are lord over all we bless you because you're the one of the increase of his kingdom there shall never be end you reign forever receive our forever praise now and forever we will be praising you blessed be your name O lord in jesus christ's name we pray you've been listening to a message by pastor ikinaukeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.